perfect spice choices for healthy food is important to manage chronic diseases. We have focused on a specific line of spices that can really fit your diabetic lifestyle. Our spice flavors are a game changer. We have created unique blends of all-purpose seasonings that are salt-free, gluten-free, with no additives and preservatives, great for chronic conditions like high blood pressure, obesity, and heart disease. These spices contain antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal properties, and improve digestive function and metabolism. Choose Diabetic Cuisine Spices for your family to feel more safe, confident, and support healthy aging. Welcome to another episode of Transparency Talks Podcast. Listen, we have an amazing show for you today. I'm super excited to speak to this award-winning author, Ms. Lillian Brummett of Brummett Media Group. She is the author of Purple Snowflake Marketing, How to Make Your Book Stand Out in a Crowd. Hello, Ms. Lillian. How are you? <laughs> Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me on your show. And you are so beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate you. Are. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> so I like to dive right on in. Miss Lillian, can you tell everybody a little bit about your background? Okay. Um, well, uh, my name's Lillian Bremmett. I'm in my early 50s and I live with my, my husband in a beautiful region of BC, Canada, which we're just thrilled to live here. And we have a couple of dogs and a cat that share our home. Of course, we always have fur babies and we're very passionate about gardening. So we've always had gardens anywhere from really small ones on balconies all the way to like, you know, a couple of 10,000 square foot gardens. So we also, um, in my youth, we helped my mom uh, and her husband manage the uh, family market garden farm there where we specialized in like rare and endangered species of both plants and animals. And so we assisted them with that. And that kind of started our passion with the um, realm of gardening, but it was always there and uh, it's just blossomed ever since. It's one of my biggest passions, one of the greatest ways to make a difference in the world. And um, yeah, so we do that and we run the Bremmett Media Group together as a team, Dave and I sort of split off doing different things using each other's talents in different ways and constantly busy there is no day off here unless we schedule it off <laughs> and that's that's our life okay so you run Brummett Media Group with your husband let's mm -hmm. talk about that a little bit how is it working with your spouse and being able to juggle you know your personal life and business and not mixing the two when you're dealing with your personal life Okay. Yeah. That's my personal challenge. Uh, cause my brain doesn't shut off. Right. And so when we have time off, my brain is still going, Oh, and these wonderful ideas, you know, it's just throwing out stuff or, or things that we've talked about or, uh, things that I wanted to bring to Dave's attention. And he has to remind me, no, this is deck time. This is deck time. <laughs> Let's not talk about business right now. And so that's my personal challenge is to shut off my brain. Um, but as far as uh, scheduling personally time together, we literally schedule it in. We say, okay, this day we're going to take from three o'clock on off and we're going to go have some deck time or we're going to go out, you know, sit in, in the gardens or play with the dogs or watch some movies, whatever we decide we're going to do. And that's that. We turn off the computer. The phone is turned off. Um, I also, uh, I, I am actually... Um, very uh, much 
diligent about turning things off. So at a certain time when I'm out of the office, the computer gets turned off, my phone is turned off, everything is turned off because I don't want to be distracted by the bling bling of stuff going off in the office and feeling like I need to take care of it. So um, I think that's the only way to handle it when you're self-employed. Uh, as you see, my office is part of my home, mm-hmm. you know, and same with the studio. It's part of our home. It's It takes up the entire lower half of our home, the studio for uh, drum students and what have you. So um it it never goes away and so yes you have to schedule it off absolutely me and my fiance and both of my boys are all entrepreneurs and we all do different things and we utilize our house as well and sometimes i do find it's a little challenging to turn it off sometimes so i was definitely curious to see you know how do you handle business and pleasure Taking a pause for the cause is your girl, Buddy B. Rock at Transparency Talks Podcast. This is Erica Dawson with So Deserving. Lately, I had to fall back. Lost myself at first, it was all bad. Finally escaped from my dark past. All that hurt and pain was holding me back. Ooh, all these different phases. So many trials and tribulations. Broken in different places, in a different space, no more work, cause I Protected. A different pattern, I'm ready for my best friend Authentic love, don't wanna second guess it I fall, hope you're ready to catch me All these different phases So many trials and tribulations oh, Broken in different places In a different space, no more work cause I synopsis of your book purple snowflake marketing how to make your book stand out in the crowd i love that oh, yeah. by the way oh thank you yeah this this book here that's the one there um the reason why i ch- we chose that story uh, that title is because um of the visual factor of you know here you are as a business or a book you know, you're, whether you've written a business, uh, a book or a service or, or any kind of product that you're offering, you are a business, no matter how small you think you are. Mm-hmm. And so um, in this case, we're saying the word book, but you really could apply business or product or service in the insert that word in there. Mm-hmm. But really, it's about standing out among your peers. There's a snowstorm of 
people out there that are offering similar services. When it comes to a book, there are like literally thousands of books being published every single day now, especially after the COVID. So because of this, there's like this huge snowstorm out there. And here we are with our five or six books, you know, somebody pay attention to me. So you have to stand out, you got to shine. And that's why we chose that, that title. We, we focus on creating a very frugal and effective marketing plan and a business plan, but it also shows you how to do so in such a way that you stand out. Every one of your communications, every one of your activities should, should have that in mind. How are you going to stand out? So here's a really simple example of that. Let's say you're going to do some underground back, uh, like alley cat marketing is what it's called. And that means going to like bulletin boards and putting up flyers is an example of that type of marketing. So instead of just putting up a flyer, now we're going to maybe cut it in to triangle or circle shape, or we're going to cut it in half. We're going to laminate it. We're going to use colors. We're going to have a QR code on it, right? So all of that makes you stand out on the board amongst all these other people that are on that bulletin board. And then that advertising that you just put your dollars and time into is now reusable because it's laminated. It's going to last longer because it's laminated and it'll, you know, extend the life on that board uh, due to any kind of hand, excuse me, handling or, or environmental exposure it might have. And this is a small example, but that's really what you're doing in everything that you're doing. You want to stand out like that. You want to make it durable. You want to make your efforts have a longer lifespan than just that instant one moment uh, period. Okay. So where did the word purple come from? I understand the snowflake now. And uh, <laughs> of course I get the marketing. Where did purple snowflake marketing come from? My favorite color. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. That makes it stand out too, because if it just said, Snowflake, Mark. Well, snowflake makes you stand out too. So, perfect snowflake. Okay, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess because of the contrast of the color too, I like the visualization of that. You know, there everybody else is white and gray mm -hmm. and different variations of that, um, trying to stand out in their own way. And then here you come along with this bright, shiny purple snowflake, right? So yeah, I love it. So Thank how you. important is it marketing? How important is marketing for an author? It's essential. It's absolutely essential. You know, it's this common belief out there in the in general in society, even though there's so many authors now that are waking up to the reality of the industry, it's still a common myth out there that you write a book, you give it to someone else, they take care of everything, and you just sit back and watch those royalty checks just come rolling in. So, right. you know, the life of a writer is obviously leisure. I mean, you just, you, you know, you just hang out on the couch with your dogs or something all day, right? <laughs> but that's, you know, of course, far from the truth. It's the same thing with entrepreneurs. People wake up to the reality of what an entrepreneurship real is. When you become an entrepreneur, which you are as an author, all of a sudden, you know, you're putting in more time than you were putting in at the office when you were working for the man, right? You're you're actually doing, you know, 10, 12 hour days, especially at first, um, trying to get everything incorporated and done because it's it's only you, you know, mm -hmm. it's you, your husband, if you can afford outside outsourcing or bartering, uh, collaborating with others, trading skills with others in order to get tasks done, that's great. Uh, we have to get creative when you're, when you're uh, self employed entrepreneur and um, so it involves a lot more than people expect um, the books that are out there I mean as I was saying there's you know literally thousands of books being produced every single day right. and so you know um, trying to get the uh, the people out there I'm a voracious reader myself and so I have a limited budget. I can only spend so much on books, right? And sometimes I can't spend any at all. It all depends on my budget. And so I fully get what it's like to be on the reader side of things. And, you know, I have a list of books that I would love to go out and get. They're on the, you know, every time I see that author, again, I think in my head, geez, you know, that's right. I got to get that book. I keep meaning to get that book, right? Mm -hmm. That's the feeling you want to have out there with your readership, your potential leads out there is you want to make sure that you're constantly in their mind so you know if it's 15 times or 50 times that you've been uh 
in their eyesight in some way. They've heard of you, they've listened to an interview, they've seen your flyer, whatever it is. And if it takes that many times, sometimes because, you know, as I say, they have all these other books that they'd like to, to do, their time is limited. And so um, uh, reminding them and so, oh yeah, Lillian Bremen, I want to get that book. Oh yeah, Lillian Bremen. And then one day they're going to have the budget. They're going to have the time and they're going to go out there and they're going to get that book because they've been wanting it so long. So we got to keep them excited and keep them, you know, aware of what we're doing. And really, readers really like to know the authors now more than ever before. So having your media, your social media out there where you're reaching, you know, thousands of people at once, that's a really fantastic thing to do as well. Like my blog, it reaches like 400,000, 450,000 a month. So, you know, by having that kind of reach, I'm constantly in the face of my readers and, and new readers, um, letting them know who we are behind the scenes, what's going on, talking about writing, talking about what's going on in my office, talking about my business, how we run it, all kinds of behind the scenes activities. Keeps people interested in you as a person too. And it lets them know that you're human and yes. <laughs> you have things that's going on and you're showing people how you handle those things. That's right. So you talked a little bit about guerrilla marketing where you're going out to these locations. Most people nowadays, what I've noticed is it's so social media based, it's so online based, which of course you can reach more people, you know, going through online, but how important is it to have that hands-on touch, hands-on touch like it used to be back in the day with that guerrilla marketing, going out there, handing out your flyers, shaking hands, talking to people? Okay. Uh, any business marketing plan should be multifaceted. Focusing on only one or two tools is setting you up for failure mm -hmm. is what it's doing. So anything that happens to those sites, anything that happens to that particular uh, social networking medium platform that you're using, anything that happens to them, all your contacts, all your work there is all for naught. So we have to sort of, and that's a, just an example, but you know, um, let's say I've had a blog on one uh, server site and I've focused all my energy onto that and maybe a couple of other things. And I've had great success with that one tool, but all of a sudden that person that was running that service has decided to no longer run that service. So my blog is no longer available. All the years of content there might still be online for a little while, but eventually their site's gonna go defunct and all that contact is gone, all my work is gone. What else do I have? Because my marketing plan has now just been focusing on this one thing. Taking a pause for the calls. This is Neff 150 with Sympathy. Take a walk, come and build with me here. Pick a spot, now sit and watch how the hood's with me. We put in work, conversation at a minimum. I'm straightforward, no loose ends, remember who? Stick to the script, blueprint of an architect. Strictly about business, that other shit. Step off with that. I'm cold-hearted when it comes to my cash flow. I switch lanes if you ain't got good brain, that's my last terrible ain't it fourth quarter flow so faded i brush them off like i just finished painting but young the straight villains they don't know how to chill but can you tell the hungry who gotta search for his meals and that precious we don't know about keep the sawed off in the couch that's the thing i learned in the south new jersey birthed me atlanta adopted me internationally known so ain't nobody stopping me treated like monopoly and trap house your property bootleg your backyard and have the hood work for me mm, yeah Bosses do what bosses do, feel me?
Yeah, I never really cared for the bully type. Nah. You crossed me wrong, I show you with that bullet like. Too many haters, too many envy, too many skill. Too many fake, too many n- thinking it real. See, out here, you gotta watch who you deal with. Cause anybody and everybody ain't who to chill with. See, Marvin Gaye used to tell us how to sex a woman. Never did he elaborate on how to respect a woman. I take it serious, point blank, period. Yeah, I laugh and joke, but truthfully, I ain't feeling uh-uh. it. You lightweight fam, you don't understand my plan. I'm trying to brand my new shit in japan you thinking locally see everything i write is like poetry can't compare you to me at all i'm poetry streets may tell you what you want but i ain't hearing it everything that i learned i learned off experience divine showed me how to hustle no fear for it major move making clear that you can see i'm living it uh. several ways you can tune in to Transparency Talks podcast, including Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Blaze One Radio in Atlanta, Squeaky Radio in Detroit, Glass FM in Nigeria, Soul City to Beat in Italy, London's Energy Radio in London, Rock Dan Radio in Canada, Soul Fusion Radio in South Africa, and Q-Mix Radio in Japan. You can listen in to any of the stations by going to butterbiraka.com. That's B-U-T-T-A-B-R-O-C-K-A.com. Follow me on all social medias at Transparency Talks Podcast, also at Butterbiraka. And subscribe today to my YouTube channel at Transparency Talks Podcast. Saw you from across the bar and you look like you could use some company. So I figured I'd come introduce myself. See if we can get better acquainted. Your name is, my name is Frank. Now we got that out the way. And if you cool with it, then I'm cool with it. For a minute we can parlay, holly roof on say. I'll speak French, but I'm trying something different for me. Girl, summertime fine. I wouldn't mind being anywhere with your girl in the daytime. I ain't lying, I swear. I just wanna be there. Hold your hand to pull your hair and grip your waist to arch your back. Be the one there when you're throwing it back. Tell me how you like that. How you feel about that just for a second? Pick it up, pick it 
So I think that the biggest thing that we need to do in order to be successful as writers in particular, but any business at all, is you got to look at the, like the multifaceted aspects of the marketing plan. So there's two, there's two sections of marketing. There's direct marketing mm-hmm. and there's indirect marketing. So your direct marketing is going to be like where you're connecting directly with your your potential or existing customers. Mm-hmm. Um, these are leads you already have, um, leads that you are have already set up to get, to have access to. So you might have purchased a mailing list. You might have created a mailing list. Maybe you're um, doing emails or you're doing mail outs or you're doing phone calls. These are direct contacts that you already have. There might be customers coming into your business and you're, you're greeting them at the door and you're having conversations. That's direct, right? Mm-hmm. So indirect is has huge amount both of them have huge amount of sub genres but indirect has more because of the frugal nature of indirect and so it it involves more of a like underground sort of um hands-on activities so uh, underground marketing is a term in marketing and it actually involves things like alley cat marketing which we already talked about and soft selling and the example of soft selling would be I'm writing some articles I'm not getting paid for those articles mm-hmm. but I'm releasing those out for members of the media to publish it informs maybe it's an edgy marketing type article where I'm informing them about a topic that I specialize in I'm not selling my product but my byline does it drives they'll be like oh, I'm curious about uh, this person. I'm going to check out their website and they learn more about my books in that topic or that genre. That's soft selling. So backdoor, backend techniques, that's where you're going to be doing like your speaking events or you're doing interviews like this. Mm-hmm. You're doing workshops, you're doing lectures. So you're speaking to larger audiences and it sometimes involves travel. It sometimes involves like hotel rooms, meals out of office these kinds of things so depending on the activity that you're having there are some um, additional expenses there's online marketing where you're looking at like you know of course your website you know it's part of your marketing but you're also looking at things like uh, you're going to manage an easy an e-bulletin a newsletter an in-house newsletter that you actually print and hand out are you going to manage a blog do you have other social networking um or social media i mean that you're going to be using besides blogs like maybe you're going to be doing um youtube channel or something like that also you want to be looking at like your hands-on like you were talking about where you're you're standing in line and you're talking to someone you're shaking hands in the elevator you're going to uh networking events you're shaking hands and handing out cards that's your hands-on activity and then there's different genres of actually when you're doing your advertising or edgy marketing there's different genres of that there's like edgy marketing which is like you're you're um informing the potential consumer rather than selling to them and then there's like green marketing where you're showing like how uh and and that is also part of social marketing is the green marketing and you're basically tugging at the heartstrings of your potential customers you're saying to them I'm doing this. These are my green in-house policies. I'm celebrating my supplier who uses wind energy. I'm uh, getting involved in this local cause. We're putting together, we're all going down to volunteer labor to build a, a playground for the school or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, social activities. You're basically uh, tugging at those heartstrings, letting them know that you are a good human being and a good business, someone that they want to work with. It could be charities you're supporting or don't needed to or helped raise funds for it could be a lot of different things in that regard and then there's shock advertising of course which everybody wants to avoid greenwashing and shock advertising these are two genres you got to avoid um it's sort of like um uh shock advertising would be like i'm using sex i'm using uh, a scene of violence i'm using something that's gonna um make you feel uh pressured 
-hmm. or uh, overly excited or upset in some way and trying to drive sales or drive traffic to your site and your business in that way, you really want to avoid that. It's commonly used. It's very upsetting to consumers. Nobody likes it. Mm -hmm. You gave some really good insight to different ways of how to approach and sell your material and sell your books and everything. So thank you so much for breaking all of those down. Some of the terminologies are things I had never even heard about. So um, thank you. You're very so, welcome. How does an author book stand out in a sea of other books on the shelves? Hmm. So uh, the best thing that you can do is make sure that uh, your book actually fills the niche. So when I'm writing um, any particular book, I'm making sure that I've done the research and I know what is already out there and what's lacking in that market. Mm -hmm. How does my book fill that niche? How, how do, uh, why would my readers choose this book in that genre over these five or six other books that are very similar to mine? So how does my stand out among those? So it's the value of what you're offering that you really need to focus on. And once you have that value and a really good book cover design, then what you need to do is get out there. You really have to get out there and tell the reader who you are and why they need to buy your book. That's the only way to stand out. As a writer going out to the media, there are tons of ways to stand out. Um, so as a member of the media, I have seen so many things of what not to do mm -hmm. that it's really reinforced the better behavior for me as a business person. So when I'm approaching the members of the media, I'm always offering more than I'm asking for. I'm always promoting every single media event in every aspect, in every way that I could possibly reach it. And often multiple times, like even years later, I'll go back and say, oh, I'm just looking back at this interview. I just did some on Twitter the other day. I did a series of looking back at some of the ones from like 2019, 2018, re-highlighting those interviews and discussions. So you really want to make sure that you're, you're showing them that they're, you're someone that you, they want to work with. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that your queries are really clean cut and sweet. They don't have a lot of time. You know, sometimes we're getting like, you know, a hundred or more emails and, you know, queries and submissions, uh, you know, in some cases, more, much more than that every day. And so you're facing all of this. So you want to make your letter to that individual right. really stand out. Um, so short and sweet um, use of hyperlinks is uh, the best thing to do. Um, you could have like in your writing, you could say, um, check out uh, my my Facebook and the word Facebook would be hyperlink. Mm -hmm. So that keeps it really short, and sweet in your email so that when they're reading it, visually they're reading it and they'll be going, uh, I don't have time. This is too much words. I don't have time. I'm going to put this aside, maybe forget about it. They might not get back to it again, but if you keep it short and sweet like that, where they could just click when they're ready to click to learn more, then that makes it really easy for them. You want to be super gracious, kind, thoughtful. You want to make sure that you're prepared, that they never have to work for anything. You have absolutely everything they could possibly want ready to go so that if even if it's not uh, hyperlinked, say to your query letter, they might say, oh, I'm really interested in an article on this topic that's based on your book. Well, you've got some to go or some drafts to go and you're ready to go. Okay, here, here you are a day or two later. You want to be someone really easy to work with. We taking another pause for the calls. It's your girl, Butterbee Rocker, Transparency Talks Podcast, baby. Tell the DJ to turn it up, Butters on the radio. This is one of my singles entitled Straight In My Heart. Make sure you check out the music video and holler at your girl.
shine me, you got me, you shine me, you got me, you shine me straight in my So when you are doing an elevator pitch, right? How how long do you suggest that elevator pitch? Because you know you only have a few seconds or you know a few minutes to really capture somebody's attention and they know if they really want to work with you or they want to hear more information. What's your advice? Okay, actually, doing an elevator speech can actually be quite a bit of a brainstorming session. So I would suggest that you you sit down with your staff or your your partner or just you and the walls and and start deciding about what are the key words that really reflect you overall. Like maybe like for ourselves, we're multifaceted. We have multiple business services that we're offering, multiple books and multiple genres, mm -hmm. and we also have this studio as well so you know there's multiple things going on what overall you know describes us so you have to come up with those keywords and then practice some phrases you want one to two sentence phrases that describes you as a business and as a person right so for ourselves Bremen Media Group we focus on inspiring and motivating individuals empowering them to um to become more proactive in life mm -hmm. and become the heroes that we're all seeking in society. Mm -hmm. So standing up, rolling up your sleeves instead of pointing your fingers, getting involved and doing something about the issues that you're seeing in society. This is basically what our business is about, but all the services and all the tools that we do, all the books that we write, we're offering uplifting for people, hoping that they will then become um, increasingly you know stronger heroes out there so just a quick the first sentence there i said would be what i would say to other people so you know just a, one quick sentence maybe two quick sentences that describe who you are and what you're about um and practice it practice 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 try three or four different ones what if you're sitting in a group and these are business people and you're there to network as a business person how would you describe yourself if you're in a media situation how would you describe yourself mm -hmm. um if you're talking about each and every one of your services maybe you might want to say oh well i want to have a blurb that i can say about this book and so you have a one sentence blurb for that book. So anytime you're talking to anyone in that genre, that's the blurb that you would use to them rather than overall, this is about me because mm -hmm. that's not what they're interested in. They're interested in this one topic. So mm -hmm. I think having a few different um, blurbs, one sentence, maybe two sentence blurbs that you can just quickly roll off your tongue to a, a specific genre of people. It helps being mentally prepared too. Like I like to know if someone's gonna um, want to know certain things. Like if I'm going to a certain genre of an activity, I'm gonna go there. I've re I've rehearsed a couple things, mm -hmm. you know? I'm gonna look up maybe a chapter of my book that maybe I wanna highlight and I'll reread it so that it's fresh in my mind before I go and do that activity. You are giving some great nuggets. Good. <laughs> so do you recommend book signing and book tours? 
Yes, I do recommend them. It isn't for everyone. Not everyone can afford to do so, and not everyone is located in a in a region that is um, conducive to such a thing. Mm-hmm. Like in our particular region, we live in a very uh, small city. They call it. It's got, I think, about twenty thousand people in this in this city. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have suburbs going up and down the lake on this side, and of course, the other side as well. But um, little small communities, but. Uh, in general, in this particular area, it's only about 20,000 people. So I would very quickly run out of the genre of audience for this book release that I'm currently doing a book tour on. Um, So I might have to travel to do more book touring. Now, if you are doing, um, like, say you live in a larger region like Vancouver, LA, or, you know, somewhere that's quite large you know you have an endless supply of all different kinds of stores a corner store a bookstore a library if your your book has a a a character who's like a a fisherman you can go to a a sports place or you know you can go to all these different genres of places depending on you know who the characters are in your book and the topic of your book Mm -hmm. and um and general places as well you know libraries will often host events and bookstores and a lot of different places that you can go to the thing to keep in mind with that is everybody is going to like all the uh, authors in your city they're all going to the uh, library they're all going to the bookstores they're Mm -hmm. all going to these you know normal places so try to think of something that makes you stand out a bit like you say you know maybe your character uh, worked in a maternity ward and so you can get some maybe go to some nursing conventions or something like that. I'm just throwing some ideas out, but you know, you have to get a little bit more creative as to where you're going to hold these events. Really good place to to hold book um, events is actually get a booth at like um, fairs, you know, they have the, all these different booths where you can walk around. Most of those booths are all different kinds of products and foods and various things. Very few authors. So they come along and they're going, oh, this is different. An author, ooh, and you're something different and unique you know and you can place yourself like somewhere near but not too close to the washrooms because that's where all the spouses and their family members and their friends are waiting for them to come out of those rooms so what are they going to do they're going to be looking at your booth with your book having a great conversation with you and you never know where that's going to lead as well farmers markets having a booth there nobody has books there you know you're the only one with books so you're really going to stand out in places like that. I'm, I'm writing it down myself. You know, I just released two books mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have thought of a farmer's market or I wouldn't have thought I've, I've thought of about fairs, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. have thought of being closer towards the bathroom because that's where most people are going to be sitting, waiting and talking and looking around. That's, that's right. Yeah. Oh, and don't forget about like getting involved with uh, charities. Um, mm-hmm. You get involved with their fundraising activities. Uh, mm-hmm. They're doing a silent auction. You can donate a book or two to that. You can maybe or maybe you're doing a writer's conference. You can donate tickets to that or something like that. Um, There's uh, also uh, like door prizes to their events. Maybe there's a conference going on and you want to offer your business leadership book uh, as a door prize. Um, Just recently, uh, a couple of years last year, I worked with the Food Action Coalition here in Creston. We have a really strong um, food like local food hub movement mm-hmm. um, for the for the interior of BC, and it's really particularly strong here. And so um, I got involved with them doing a fundraiser for their charitable programs. They do cooking classes for immigrants, and you know, new guard, you know, introducing gardening to people who've never done it before, mm-hmm. connecting seniors with kids. They do all kinds of programs involving the food, and so um, we did a fundraiser where they sold our book and they got like 25% of the sale for their for their causes. Um, we're working with the uh, the fall fair that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, just recently, I worked with a thrift store. There's this really popular thrift store locally, and it's all donated items, and they, they donate all the funds right back into the community. It's a beautiful place, really, really beautiful hearted people. And I wanted to give back. I thought, well, maybe I'd donate a few copies of our, of our recently released cookbook as a door prize or, mm-hmm. you know, she sees someone who's downcast or something 
something just to brighten someone's day. I thought, you know, do something nice back. And they ended up deciding that they're going to do a raffle for it, a month-long raffle. We gave them three signed copies. They're also contributing some prizes as well, including like gift certificates to their thrift store. And I think they have a couple other people adding prizes. So it became like this thing just because we offered it. Now this whole activity is happening all month long. And how many people are coming through their door every single day that are now going to be exposed to our book just because they put this raffle idea together. So you never know where you're going to get the like underground backdoor alley cat. You know, those are all great activities for writers to get involved in. We taking another pause for the calls. This is LS Lane with I Am. Stupid, I do it myself. Don't need nobody else but the mothers and brothers and soldiers and they yell. I'm hoping that I would fail. They afraid of the power, the truth, they know I'm a tail. Nah, nah, nah. Back down ain't easy. Wanna take more than to seize me. I stay in a woman's place from behind a rope in your face against the cement. I'm telling them what it is. They refuse to believe me. I came with the product. I got the wallet. I got the knowledge. I got the whole pack. I know y'all seen me swim. Shake a little some. And know the words, I'll drop them first. On rehearsal, y'all drop them no money. Now, fickle, I'll remain humble. Drop this album, keep the same number. Relocate from the north to the south. Tell them about me by the word of the mouth. I'll be alright. I got that ticket. But in real life, gotta get them biscuits. This is America, sell me no dreams. Statue of Liberty, know what that means. I am the queen. So how did you get started in writing? Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, Way back in um, uh, 1998, I was involved in a three-car pileup crash. I was in the middle. And that put me in physiotherapy full-time for a year and part-time after that. By full-time, I mean five days a week, about four or five hours a day for the first year. And then it was part-time after that. And then just some therapies here and there to keep me going. Um, And what that did was basically because I 
I was running a business before that, a successful one for about six years. And because I didn't have in my business plan a contingency or a succession plan, mm -hmm. I did not plan for eventualities like sickness, illness, accidents, uh, succession. What happens if I no longer want to run this business? Can I pass it on to someone else? Can someone take my place? Anything like that. Didn't plan for it. So I lost my business. And that was heart crushing because it, you know, six years of building that business to be successful. Um, and so at the time I went through this huge amount of depression. I was thinking like I went through so much in my life to get where I was to build that business only in no, no help in regards to like, you know, I was on my own when I was young, I had to put myself through school, all of that. Um, and so when I came out of that, I felt like all my efforts were for naught. You know, all the all the work was just for nothing. Why did I do that? Why did I put all that sweat equity into nothing? And so I really felt like I needed to have my life have more value. I needed to know that at the end of every single day, I had some kind of positive impact. I put a little droplet into the movement towards a more sustainable, peaceful loving, educated society. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just really important to me. Writing became the tool for me. Um, the reason why it became the tool is I was going uh, to colleges and taking like um, personality tests and career choice tests based on like what your likes and dislikes are, things like that. And um, writing kept on popping up all these different genres of writing. There's like 50,000 genres of writing um, and they were popping up left, right and center. And I kept on thinking to myself, no, 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 not writing, not writing. You know, I have, I, ha I don't have like special training. I'm not, uh, you know, I struggled a bit with dyslexia. You know, I wasn't sure if I could, you know, can I do that and still have this issue yes. with, you know, writing things backwards, <laughs> things like that. And so um, I was really unsure about all of it. And then I ended up getting um, some poetry, got picked up, got published, I entered some contests, things like that. So it sort of slowly happened. Um, but then in 90, I think it's 2099, somewhere around there, my husband uh, started writing, in a, got involved in a course, a writer's course, which taught about the behind the scenes activities of writing, how to run it as a business, your taxes, how to do queries, how to manage being a freelance writer, mm -hmm. how to become a columnist, all of that. So one of the assignments was just to write an article. And so I did, I wrote that article and um, it got picked up as a syndicated column right away. And it, that ran for quite a few years and it got turned into the Trash Talk book series that it is now. Um, yeah, so it just slowly grew from there. I think I had to gain confidence that um, my voice had value, that among all this chatter and all this knowledge and you know, very talented art, artists and writers out there how you know how could I contribute to that you know little old me you know what what could I offer that anyone would be interested in and so slowly slowly gaining the confidence and hearing back from readers and writing in the topics that I do you know initially as a freelance writer and a staff writer I was doing an assignment writer I was doing jobs like um, uh, writing about alternative agriculture and um, uh, green energy and green buildings and inspiring stories about people overcoming major things or businesses that were doing incredible things for their community or charitable activities. These are the types of topics that I was getting involved in and that I found that really inspiring and it just I guess it just became like a drug to me. <laughs> I couldn't stop, you know, I just, I just went and went and went after that. I mean, I've, I became a, a radio show host for about 10 years. I ran a radio show that went out about three times a week called Conscious Discussions. The archives are no longer available, unfortunately, but um, I ran that for about 10 years. I also ran a podcast called Authors Read. Um, have six books out now. We have a trilogy coming out this year. We have two more coming out in 24. So yeah, it's just crazy, you know, how it grows. You never know where it's gonna take you. <laughs> right, right, okay. Well, you have shed a lot of light on so many things. I'm inspired just hearing your story. I wanna know how can people find you? How can they support you, book you, all of the above? <laughs> 
Thank you. Um, you know, the best thing really to do is just go on your search engine and type in Lillian and Dave Bremet. Our last name is spelt B-R-U-M-M-E-T. There's two M's in that in that name. Um, and you'll be able to find pretty much everywhere that we are. We're on Amazon, of course, with our books. Um, our blog, consciousdiscussions.blogspot.com is another place for people to check out. But you'll find all of that when you go to the search and then just type that in. You'll find all kinds of interviews and pages and social networking sites that we're on. Just by doing that, it's probably the easiest way to go okay well i would like to thank you for being so transparent here on transparency talks podcast thank you it's been great <laughs> i really enjoyed it not a problem and with that everyone we are out of here so we will talk to you guys later i'd like to thank you for tuning in to transparency talks podcast join me each and every week with a new show and a new guest this is one of my singles entitled strange love featuring homer mac Oh,